Promise Debt Collector 7 Chapter 1 The rough carpet scratches my face. The smell of the decaying fibers fills my nose, but I can't find the energy to move from where I'm curled up on the floor. Madame A's safe house is only a tiny closet of an apartment, but I didn't even make it to the musty mattress in the corner. An image of Ophelia's blood-soaked body swims in front of my eyes, whether I keep them open or squeeze them shut. The racking sobs have ceased, but the carpet under my head is wet with tears I didn't bother trying to stop. Now I'm just numb. The weight of what's happened lays on me, like an invisible blanket of concrete, trapping my body to the floor. But it doesn't keep my thoughts from flying back to that room above the skeet den. I keep replaying the scene, trying to figure out how it could have turned out differently. When did Volok decide not to kill me? Was it in the moment of the act? Like when I made my decision about the boy? Or did he plan it out, figuring the best time to catch Nico and Larry off guard would be when they thought I was already dead? I still can't figure out why, or if it would have made a difference if I'd known. Maybe Ophelia wouldn't have tried to take on Nico. Maybe all three of us could have worked together. Maybe no one had to die tonight. The maybes don't bring them back. At least Falak seemed to find something at the end. Something more, or perhaps different, than the death he had tasted before. I pray that whatever he found on the other side was something good. Not just because I'll likely join him someday but because he deserves better than that bloody end of the skeet den. Ophelia, too. I offer up a fervent prayer that she finds it. I add to the prayer an insistence that she sacrificed herself trying to save me, and that has to count for something. I don't know who I'm praying to, or why anyone would listen, especially to me. Does prayer even work if you don't have a soul? I take a breath. My tears have turned the moldy carpet even more pungent, and my nose itches. I lift my head away from the floor and rub my face. My hand lights up. The motion has activated my screen. I stare absently at it, then remember I'm supposed to call. I have to reach deep inside to muster the energy to tap in Madame A's number. The phone answers in one ring. Lirium? It's a woman's voice. I'm here. The voice on the phone says something, but my hand falls away from my ear, my last bit of motivation gone. I leave my hand palm up on the carpet, and my head slumps to the floor as well. A wave of exhaustion sweeps over me, and I welcome the numbing of my brain as well as my body. Time passes, but I don't feel it, floating in the twilight between sleep and wakefulness. Bodies crowd at the edge of my mind. They're covered in blood. But they don't reach me. They lie inert, their long black hair joining with the blood to flow rivers that course around me. They enclose me, building pressure, rising like a wall, a life force energy well that's deep with years and years, eons of time. Someone touches me. I jerk awake and lash out, grasping onto an arm. 
I almost start to drain, but pain lances through my hand, flaming to life the burn I got when I killed Nico. Someone speaks. Lyrium, it's okay, it's me, Grace. I'm drugged with sleep and fight to open my eyes. Slow blinks work my eyelids free. A woman kneels next to me, her dark pants brushing my jacket. Her black hoodie blocks the naked light bulb above the door, and its light forms a halo around her. It takes me another few blinks to bring her face into focus. I recognize her eyes. Dark brown, the ones that remind me too much of Apple Girl.